Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that more than 1,200 species are impacted by plastic through ingestion or entanglement, both of which sickens or even kill them? Our guest today is an artivist that transforms garbage found in the ocean or washed up on the beach into art. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Marina Debris. Thank you. How did your sustainable journey actually started? I guess it was pretty organic. (laughs) Not to uh, use a pun, but I grew up in the East Coast of America, outside of New York, and Always loved the ocean, always loved art. Those were my two loves. Uh, I went to art school at Rhode Island School of Design, but I studied graphic design because I didn't really think I could get a job being an artist. (laughs) And graphic design actually back in those days was a totally different animal. I moved to New York City and then I moved to Sydney, Australia, Bondi Beach to be exact, quite a while ago. And I took one look at the beach and I just thought, oh my God, I can't believe I live here. I live in a a place where I can work, do my work and, you know, go swimming in this beautiful place every day. It was just heaven. And then I, I moved back to the States. Years and years later, I moved to Los Angeles because I was very curious to live in L.A. I had never lived there before, and I had friends there. And I moved to Venice Beach, and the first thing I noticed when I was running on the beach was the amount of rubbish that was washing up and hadn't noticed it at all in Sydney in those days. Whether I was oblivious to it or not, I I don't really know, but it was very striking to me. I just started collecting it every day on run, returning it to like 7-Eleven. If I I picked up, I would pick up stacks and stacks of styrofoam cups. I would save things that I thought, you know, really funny thing like dolls or whatever. And just kept gelling in my head, I guess, over the years. And It took me about, well, almost nine years to actually do something with it. And in the meantime, the whole industry of graphic design was changing too. I was in design when there were no computers back in the (laughs) dark ages, which I loved, actually. I really loved it. I loved the hands-on approach, you know, putting things together by hand. And I also loved the conceptual side of it, of, of it, you know, that, you had to deliver a message visually, which if it didn't answer that criteria, it, it wasn't working. That was it. And I just started playing around with some of the things I'd been collecting, always with the thought in my mind that if I wasn't 
making a message with the the materials, then it was kind of pointless, even though I was enjoying it. And I just started making three-dimensional pieces and two-dimensional pieces as well. And I started getting involved with local groups, which are actually quite world known, you know, in terms of the issue of ocean pollution, which are, you know, Heal the Bay, Five Gyres, Al Galita, Captain Moore, who discovered the great Pacific garbage patch to begin with. Just realizing more and more what a problem it was. And I started uh, helping out these groups and with their fundraisers, pieces I was creating were used at the fundraisers just to add sort of, you know, value to the whole messaging sort of grew from there and that wasn't until 2009 really that I started and I had never taken any sort of art well I had taken art classes like preliminary in college but nothing specific to sculpture say or fashion for instance which Mm. is kind of where I ended up oh wow that's fantastic and I mean on this topic with the art do you think that art has the power to actually change culture? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think it has that ability. And as I said, that is a large reason why I do it, it, it even if I'm fooling myself. <laughs> but, you know, I think I'm creating change. I know I'm reaching some people somewhere. But yeah, I mean, successful artists, certainly can really change people's hearts and minds by just giving a visual face to what we are doing to the environment. Movies, for instance, or documentaries, for instance, obvious, like a movie like Blackfish, which completely turned the industry of like SeaWorld around in, you know, as soon as that movie was released and people realized what they were spending their money on that was supporting, you know, this horrendous industry, that completely changed that around. And one of the reasons I got involved was I had seen photographs by uh, Chris Jordan, the artist, who had taken pictures of albatross that had ingested plastic and perished in a remote island. And that was so powerful, an image. And it, everybody, you know, it got posted everywhere. And it, it's kind of worked for a lot of people to say, hey, you know, single-use plastic or plastics in general, how destructive they can be. And maybe, you know, I can change my habits exactly, and not help create this. And you've created some really amazing pieces. Crazy Birds, I, I'm going to link up some of the stuff to your website and everything as well, that they can actually see some of these beautiful pieces that you've created and also really powerful pieces. What would you say has been some of your most like favorite collections that you've created over the years? I mean, the only collection per se that I've done are the fashion items. I call it one continuous collection, which is under the name Beach Couture, a hot mess. Um, it's a continuing line. <laughs> <laughs> I always like the last piece that I did best, mostly. Okay. Just because I 
you want to move on. And I suppose some of the last pieces I've done in that collection. And then I just reinstalled, which I know we're going to talk about, a piece that I did for a outdoor sculpture exhibition in here in Sydney two years ago. And I've recreated it just uh, last week. Still quite fond of it because I know firsthand that people absolutely pick up on it and understand it because I I was there physically there for the last two showings of it and the, you know people didn't know I was the artist and the comments were absolutely you know spot on like they understood what it was about Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Well, I love it when people don't know I'm the artist and you can kind of talk to them and like kind of get their honest feedback. And that just helps me to capture the message even stronger or, you know, improve on stuff that I've been working on and trying to see how I can take this message I want to portray and just like punch it out in something really cool. Do you have like a certain process, like when you start with a piece, what is the whole process that you go through? Or do you find elements and then decided that is the new piece? Or how does that work? With the outfits specifically, it can go one of two ways. Usually, though, I am steered by whatever I find on the beach <laughs> every day almost. Like, for instance, you know, I regularly find cigarette butts. That is probably universal find on most beaches worldwide. So I know that that's an issue that absolutely needs to be addressed. I kind of, in my head, when I and I pick up on the beach every single day, and I also occasionally pick up litter on the street as well, but I don't incorporate that so much in my art because that's it's more of a deliberate problem, mm. whereas what gets washed up and what gets out into the ocean. Well, it is, yes, it is mostly from the street, but the way they get there is is more accidental than, say, someone, some kids. I say kids, not all kids, <laughs> leaving beer bottles on the street. Oh, my goodness. Or- well, acting like kids, for sure, just like throwing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was getting back to your question. So. Usually I base it on area or a specific thing that I think needs to be focused on, uh, which is probably easier with the wearable pieces because Mm. then I can think of how I'm going to construct it. What is the message going to be? Occasionally I think of the name first, not often, but that's all part, big part of it with the, three-dimensional the sculptural pieces lately they've been commissions which is great so I'm given more of a um, a guide for instance was asked to make a sculpture using coffee cup lids that are not recyclable they are recyclable sorry but they generally don't get recycled also they're dirty that were collected in a building in a one month period and there were like so many thousands. So that was the directive. And I knew the message was about not using these throwaway items. Mm. So I created a piece called storm brewing, 
which was a giant tornado made out of coffee cup lids. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, it, it can work either way. And what would you say has been some of the most, like, bizarre stuff that you've either picked up or actually used in your art? I don't know if it's X-rated. <laughs> I've certainly found things like, you know, chicken fillets, they call them, the enhancers for bathing, you know, bras and bathing suits, you know. the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my goodness. find those not regularly, but it's not rare, that rare. I have found several dildos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to X this out, but it's... <laughs> It's a reality, so... Oh, my goodness. Like, just on the beach, or where do you find them? Oh, my goodness. Quite a few. Oh, quite a few. Probably three or four. And then, you know, sometimes really weird, creepy little dolls or things like that. When I do workshops with kids, they always ask that question, and I say, just ask me what I haven't found, (laughs) because that's actually easier. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that so many of these things that you would find there and I'm like, how did this end up on the beach? You know, like really? (laughs) I moved back here to Sydney five years ago. And the other thing that has just, it's actually gradually gotten worse, which is just what people are throwing out on the Hmm. street. And my neighborhood in particular was just getting ridiculous, like with, they have council cleanup days. And they were originally meant to put out really large bulk items that were no longer usable whatsoever. I mean, really destroyed things. But now it's become just like a free-for-all where people, and I'm not exaggerating one bit, where people throw out perfectly good working televisions, vacuum cleaners, beautiful furniture, anything, you name it. Completely packaged items from like Ikea, for instance, that they haven't even opened out on the street, ready to go. It's just gets chucked to landfill, really. It's what happens. Anyway, I was uh, talking to my local council about it and saying we must get rid of the council cleanup days because Mm. it's an enabler. It's helping people be very lazy and not figure out what to do with it. You know, you can give it to Vinnie's. You can give it to, you know, any variety of op shops. We have facilities here that will resell any things to schools for project, you know, art projects or artists. We have a repair center where they'll repair furniture for you or help you repair it. So many, you know, toy libraries, book libraries, so many things. And yes, it does take some effort, but completely doable. And I was just, I was finding brand new clothes with tags still on them in the rubbish bins sometimes and no exaggeration and I just thought imagine being in a third world country and seeing this what would you think you know it's just pure and utter debauchery and you know it's ridiculous 
they did they did get run, rid of one of the cleanup days, which is, is some success. But the other thing that we did was had a environmental day a fair and picked up as much as I physically could pick up over like a couple of months, any electronics, furniture, just in my really my local surroundings that were perfectly good working. I stored them in a friend's garage till the event. And then I completely decorated a room with just furniture, mm-hmm. furnishing, electronics that I found on the street, only on the street. And it was like mind boggling, really, because I had four flat screen TVs, you know, I had um, just a bunch of racks of beautiful clothing, shoes, tables, beautiful old wood tables, just absolutely beautiful it was just like toys galore of course anyway and all working so i sold everything at very cheap prices and the money went to a group that actually does repairs furniture and helps you repair things i also did a list of where you can donate things you know you for instance you can donate old towels to animal rescue places. I mean, it just, the research, you can find it. And it was just really interesting because I'm pretty sure that Marie Kondo has had something to do with it because as far as I know, she never says what to do with. Yeah, it's just throw it out. Like, oh, throw it out. I just put it on the curb and someone else, it becomes someone else's problem. Most of it doesn't get picked up. The majority of it does not get reused. Some of it does, yes, but you cannot guarantee that whatsoever. The amount of resources that has gone into those products, that's where the shocking part comes in. Because, I mean, if you're going to have clothing that still has labels on that was probably never worn and, you know, stuff that can actually work and then you've got people that can never afford really a flat screen TV and they, you know, you found four. Like it's, it's actually insane to think, you know? And so you currently now have an exhibition that's going on in Melbourne. What can our crazy birds actually expect from that exhibition when they go and see it? Well, it's part of a group group show so it's not a solo it's part of the national geographics traveling show which is called planet or plastic i haven't seen that part of it but i know it's photographs and i've I've seen the actual issue from national geo that is really amazing so i was asked to recreate the piece that i did for sculpture by the sea in bondi Mm -hmm. two years ago was called I called the inconvenience store, which was a set up just like a regular convenience store. But what I did instead was I repackaged items like anything you would get at a convenience store: pens, pencils, tampons, plastic utensils, straws, zip tie, or what you call zip ties, cable ties, band aids really anything, like you name it, anything you could get at a regular convenience store. And I I repackaged it, them, each item, using reused 
materials only. Like I found all the cardboard. I went through garbage bins and pulled out cereal boxes, whatever, food packaging. And I used the back of that. I used the paper was chucked out as well. The plastic wrap I resealed using the wraps that they wrap our local magazine in that is on the street every every week. So it's all reused packaging and even some of the display items were I found on the street as well, like the milk crates, the um, beverage container. It's a fun exhibit and that's the one I was talking about where people really understood that all the items right away they knew the items were found on the beach because they had they have seaweed attached and I didn't alter I don't alter anything. It's exactly as I found it because I don't like to glorify the anything or make it look better than the situation really is. That's very important to me. But the fact that it's all repackaged nicely, it's, you know, it's all kind of, and I've put the logo, like I've made a logo for the inconvenience store. So they, all the items have the, the logo, shop logo, and it's up until early March. Awesome. And there's other, other artists there that working in the same, you know, materials, washed up materials, some really nice pieces. So definitely, definitely worth checking out, guys. If you're in Australia, go to Melbourne and check it out. Um, I'm going. I have another one at Taronga Zoo, which is okay. a sort of more permanent display. So they're at both, both zoos for some reason. <laughs> and I will add, because I'm a bit hesitant working with the idea of zoos, but both of these are actually very well they're very good on the sustainability aspect they're also quite good on the treatment of the animals they both are the rescue animals so like the sea sea lions for instance they have all been rescued and rehabilitated and they cannot be re-released so they're nice facilities i say this because that's a challenge for me like i don't really like supporting things that I'm not ethically in tune with. Like, for instance, if it was a sea world, for instance, there's no way I would ever, ever yeah. do anything with them. Oh, wow. Well, sure. that that's really interesting. And I think, you know, it is true, like, like you said, you know, some of these animals can't go back to the wild. So we kind of need a space where, where they can be kept safe. And if they treated well that that's the most important thing because unfortunately with a lot of the zoos that's not the case so it's great that these are so we'll definitely try and check that out a lot of the reason that i do this work is because of all the sea creatures that we are affecting and especially like items like fishing line or any fishing gear which is something I find all the time. And obviously that is like, just kills huge amount of the marine life that's out there. And simple things like balloons. I mean, I found a bird that, a dead bird that had a balloon wrapped around its leg, you know, things that we can easily avoid, easily. They are dangerous. And that is a big part of why I do this. 
Uh, and also just plastics in general, they do break down in the ocean and they do absorb more toxins. And so when fish eat the microplastic, it's very toxic. And then the bigger fish eat fish and then humans may eat the fish and birds eat the fish. Birds eat plastic. All around, it's just harming so much marine life. Exactly. And I mean, some of those stuff, it's so easy to avoid. And I just love that you pick up all of these stuff and try and return it to where it came from. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to see the guy at 7-Eleven's face when you come there with a pile of their stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Hidden camera not, style. <laughs> I can tell you that was very ineffective. And that's another reason that I do art is because when I open my mouth and kind of try to do it verbally, it's wow. it's always a disaster because I get I get quite upset about stuff. And oh, same. So I'm completely unpersuasive when I do it through speaking, so that's why I do it through art. Oh, that's fantastic. I've recently, or well, the last few months, you know, when I ask, listen, please, I don't want a straw, like, don't give me a straw with my drink. And then when the plastic straw comes with the drink, I will just politely say, like, listen, sorry, I did ask no straw. And then I would just take it and stick it up my nose and sit in the restaurant until, like, the people probably with me is so uncomfortable. Otherwise, I can go the whole time with the straw in my nose. And I think that just spreads like such a powerful message because now they can actually see I've got the straw in my nose. And well, imagine it's a turtle, like the turtle doesn't have the ability to just like pull it out. And yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes everyone in the restaurant just like stares and, you know, I'm fine with that because hopefully that spreads more awareness than me going on a rampage on this poor waiter that's probably just doing his job or forgot. And so hopefully that can make a change as well. But definitely through the art, I think it's such a powerful form and it just gets people talking and keep on talking. Mm. That's a good one. I might have to use that. <laughs> so what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? I suppose for me, certainly the most important decision was to go vegan because I feel like that's really dear to my ethics. It's also like it just feels better. Ultimately, I'm causing less harm to other species than I could be. So I don't know. It's not, you know, it's not the be all and end all. There are ways that even you can't avoid, you know, certain crops, animals die. But trying to find out as much as I can about whatever I'm ingesting or purchasing. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, that would be probably the number one most important thing I feel like I've done. That's quite a big one and it for sure has an impact. I mean, I always say to people, if you can't go completely like vegetarian or completely vegan, at least try to reduce the amount of animal products that you consume. And for some reason, I kind of feel 
when you eat a vegan dish or even a vegetarian dish, sometimes it just tastes better for me. It feels like yeah. when people put meat in, it's just like, okay, cool, we've just made it easy, boom, the meat does all the work. Like we don't have to worry about making it taste good. So I I actually prefer now and it's it's been a journey not 100% vegan at the moment, but trying. Hopefully in Australia, we have loads more great options available. So I'm, I'm excited. Actually, there are. I was in Brisbane. I had a show there recently in, um, outside of Brisbane. There were quite a few, few vegan restaurants there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so excited oh, for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to move into our final five. So it's the same five questions. I ask every single guest and you can just give me short answers for these ones. So the first one is what is one social media account or publication that you follow? Oh dear, I didn't do my homework. Extinction Rebellion or Greta Thunberg. Oh yeah, (laughs) two great ones. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? I just hope that we, as a collective, we wake up because it's getting more and more dire. There's so many things. I mean, the whole 90%, you read that 100 companies are responsible for most of the destruction. Some things are very hard to avoid, like travel, for instance, Mm. which you know, releases tremendous greenhouse gases. And I am guilty. I'm totally guilty. I do carbon offset, but it, it's not the same. That's a tough one. But there are so many other things like you can really reduce your single use plastic, if not eliminate it. It's mm. super easy, depending on where you live, of course. I'm, I mean, I'm sure some places are harder than others. As I said, you can have a more ethical diet you can grow your own vegetables you know there are once there's less no consumer demand for things that are bad for the environment they have to change their business model i mean that's clear and simple and they will because businesses want to make money that's all they want to do for humans that are run these businesses a small percentage of them want to make the world a better place, mm. help the environment. But most of them are just going for whatever's going to bring them the biggest profit. Well, the profit comes from demand for the product. It's just realizing that we have some power. Obviously, most of the power is within with politicians who are not budging. So we have to be out on the street and we have to demand it. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. And as manufacturers, for instance, they're not going to change their business model unless they're forced to. Exactly. Or unless none of their products sell anymore because people refuse to buy it. So yeah, definitely some some great stuff to think about. And what would your advice, if you could give us one piece of advice this week that our crazy birds can do to help out Mama Earth, what would be that one thing? I guess it's, it's just what I just said. Yeah. It's just be way more conscientious about every single thing you purchase and what you are supporting. And what is one sustainability fact 
that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? Oh, there's so many. (laughs) I'm very bad with facts. I suppose the one that everybody's heard that's been bantered around a lot, I did not make it up, is that they predict that there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish in 2050. So if that's not an eye-opener, I don't know what is. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I actually just saw a video yesterday from a fish and chips place that instead of serving fish to the people, they were giving plastic bottles and they deep fried it so it looked like fish and then serve it to the people. And when they were starting to cut it open, they were like, hey, what is this? Like, we didn't order plastic. Like, you've got plastic. Like, I found this wrapper in there. And the people were so angry. And then he was like, well, if we don't change our habits, that's what we'll be eating. So they did like a whole little video. So it was with Joe Joe Ruxton, which was just fantastic. I thought, you know, that whole whole thing was just brilliant to be able to do things like that. Where can people actually find you? I have a website, washedup.us. I actually picked that because it was US. I was living in the US, but I thought, oh, it's funny because it's us. I hate to say Google. Ecosia search. Oh, yeah, that's a better one. (laughs) Ecosia. Go Ecosia. There's something you can do right now. Plant some trees. Not costing you anything and getting millions and millions of trees planted. Awesome. Well, I'm going to link up all your social media as well on our show notes so our crazy birds can just go there and click some of the links to actually find you as well. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely love what you're doing and love the message that you're spreading. And hopefully I can make it to your exhibition and get to meet you as well sometime in Australia. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. You're most welcome. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.